Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message with teaching pastor Daryl Feemster. Yeah, I guess you heard CDC has recommended that you not have over 10 people gathered for Thanksgiving. But, but CDC also said you could have 30 people for a funeral. So we decided that we're going to have Thanksgiving. We're not going to have Thanksgiving this year. We're going to have a funeral for the turkey. Man, what a crazy time we're in, right? How do you stay thankful in such a negative, chaotic time? COVID-19 cases are up. Please be careful with that. Politics and chaos. Government control or out of control. People are confused, tired, hurting, and fearful. I looked up some stats this week as I was preparing for this message. And from January to September this year, anxiety screening with the Mental Health America site has gone up 93% over 2019. 93%. In September 2020, an average of 2,262 anxiety screens were taken per day. More people are reporting frequent thoughts of suicide and self-harm than ever has been recorded in the MHA screening program. And the highest among them are young people between the ages of 11 and 17. 70% of the 1.5 million taking the screening just this year has mentioned loneliness and isolation as the biggest cause. I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians 5. We'll get there in just a moment. In fact, Teresa, if you would go ahead and put that up. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. I heard Bill Johnson speak at the Gateway Conference this year. And uh, he said something that caught my attention. And it's the last part of this verse. In everything, give thanks. He said, giving thanks is the key to mental health. Giving thanks is the key to mental health. Then he went on to say, rejoicing is the key to emotional health. And then praying is the key to heart or spiritual health. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, rejoice always... Pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now this seems not only impossible, but impractical in our chaotic day. How do you rejoice, and how do you pray, and how do you give thanks in times we're living in? It just seems impossible. So I... I began to look up, and I looked up this verse in all the different translations that I have, BibleGateway.com. You can go there and you can look it up in any version you want to look up. And a message says it this way, Be cheerful no matter what. Now that didn't help. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. You're kidding, right? 
And then finally there's one that got through to me. And uh, it was one that I normally don't read. I hadn't really read it in years, but it was the Living Bible. And this is what it says. Look on the screen. Always be joyful. Always keep on praying. No matter what happens, always be thankful. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And that word always stuck out to me. Always, not not sometime, not when you feel like it. Always rejoice. Always pray. Always give thanks. And I could go through and I I, I prepared. I did all this, but but here's the thing I came up with is how. How are we supposed to give thanks when? People are sick and dying when things are going and when there's all chaos. How are we supposed to pray about this? How do you even know how to pray in these things? And, and the Lord, you know, always God, it's 2020. There's nothing that's always the same in 2020. How do we do it? I'm going to make a, what seems like to be an incredible statement that I believe God gave me. But according to God's Word, I believe it's absolutely true. It's not going to be on the screen, but I want you to just listen to me. There's no event, this is what I felt like God said to me, there's no event or circumstance that can occur in the life of any true follower of Christ that could ever inevitably take away their joy, impede their prayer, or cause them to be ungrateful. There's nothing. And so I said, uh, okay, God, and he says, but, but you've got to understand, that's only true to those who are in Christ. Those who have a personal relationship. Now listen to me, personal. I don't mean a religious relationship. I don't mean a church relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean a personal, you and him, relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, how do you do that, God? On what basis can we always rejoice, always pray, always give thanks? And God showed me, and I'm going to share it with you, eight reasons, eight reasons, eight points. It really won't take long. Some of you are already thinking, eight points. Eight points in one chapter of Scripture. Now, it's all through the Bible of why we can do this. But I want to take one chapter in, in the Bible and show you eight reasons that you can rejoice, you can always pray, you can always give thanks. Turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Eight reasons in Romans 8 that you can always rejoice, always pray, always give thanks. Okay? Number one. My, my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. Romans 8, 1. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Boy, you've got to hear that. Because you belong to Him... The power of the life-giving Spirit has set you free from the power, the authority, the dominion of sin that leads to death. There's no condemnation. 
Now, now, for who? Not for everybody, but for those who are in Christ Jesus. For those who have called on Jesus, you have been made new in Christ, your sins are forgiven, and you are eternally in, in security. Your, your eternity is secure. Now, I don't know about you. I can't speak for you, but I've been forgiven a lot. I can rejoice that my sins are forgiven. I can pray because my I can approach the boldly the throne of grace because my sins have been forgiven. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me from all sin. I can give Him thanks because I don't even want to talk about them anymore because they're forgiven. My sins are forgiven. My eternity is secure. Number two, told you we're going to go fast. Jesus is at the right hand of God praying or pleading for me. Romans 8, verse 34. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And He is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Some of your versions may say interceding or praying. The word here literally means to fall in with someone or to talk on another's behalf. Not only does Jesus not condemn us, He takes up with us. He takes up for us. He knows what you really need. I can rejoice in the Lord because the Father, I'm convinced, even if He might not hear my prayer, He's going to hear Jesus' prayer and He's going to answer it He's going to answer it because of who's asking. Because of the price that's been paid. In other words, I want you to understand, Jesus is at the right hand of God right now, pleading, standing for you, standing up for you. Thank you. You can always rejoice. You can always, and here's the thing about prayer. Prayer is not praying out there somewhere, and I'll get to that in a moment. Prayer is realizing that I have the authority and the ability and the privilege to approach Him because there's nothing between us anymore. I can give Him thanks. Number three, this is the one I want you to really get a hold of this morning. My future outcome is greater than my present pain. My future outcome is greater than my present pain. Verse 18, Romans 8. I don't have to say Romans 8 because it's all going to be in Romans 8. Verse 18. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day, for that future day when God will reveal who His children really are. Now this who his children really are isn't talking about who they are. Like, who's, well, Chris is one and uh, Michelle's one and you're one. Now, I'm not talking about, that's not kind of the revelation. The re- revelation of who his children really are is he's going to reveal who his children have always been and who they really are in power, in relationship, in demonstration of who God is. There's going to come a day when the world, the whole world is going to see who God's people really are. You can rejoice. You can pray. You can give thanks. 
always because your future outcome is greater than your present pain. And listen to me, I'm not going to say that what you're going through is not difficult because it can be very difficult. Some of you have gone through the most nightmarish problems and trials and tests that anyone could go through. I'm not saying that. But here's what God's that that's not difficult. What I am saying from the eternal perspective, those things that look so bad to us are not even worth comparing to the eternal glory of what God will reveal for us who share it. I, I don't even have a way to say it other than to say, it's, if, if my suffering has been so bad, can you imagine if it's not even to be compared to the glory? My future outcome is greater. In other words, here's what I think Paul's saying. You ain't seen nothing yet. While you can't even see it, your trials are producing something that it's kind of like growing. You know, how many of you have said your kids are growing like a weed? How many of you know weeds come up overnight? You don't even know that it's happening, and here they come. Our kids are growing like that. You don't even know it's happening until their ankles are showing. Here, your, your trials are producing something. There's something happening in you in the midst of that. And here's what I want you... Romans 5, 3, it's not going to be on your screen, but it says we can rejoice too that when we run into problems and trials we can know that they help develop our endurance. And endurance develops the strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. In other words, when you don't even see it, God's doing it. And number four is the end of that verse I just read. Number four is, I have the Spirit of God living in me. I have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God living in me. Verse 11, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Let that sink in. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. Folks, listen. I'm not, I'm not alone. These people that, that are saying they're feeling the loneliness and isolation, I want you to know in Christ Jesus, you are never going to be alone. You're never going to be by yourself. You're never going to be because He is with you. And the neat thing about praying all the time, I'm not praying up there. I'm not having to get on my knees and pray back there for somebody. I'm praying to the one who is right now with me, in me. I'm walking in a conversation with the God who loves me and gave Himself for me that He might give Himself to me that I might can live with Him. Yeah, thank you. You might ought to get excited. When you realize... I have God, now listen to me, 
We say Jesus was God in the flesh. I have God in the flesh. That ought to make you happy. You ought to rejoice. You ought to walk in a conversation with the God who never leaves you nor forsakes you. And you ought to give thanks because He's here. He, do you know God's real in 2020? He really is. Doesn't matter what it looks like. And that leads to number five. God's for me. Romans chapter 8. Verse 31, 32. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since He did not spare even His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, won't He also give us everything else? Yes. When things don't go your way, when people criticize you, when they don't like you, when they take shots at you, if God is for you, what difference does it make? Well, it hurt my feelings. Pray about it. Rejoice. And give thanks that somebody has seen something in you that they would have an offense about because you're so right with God. Well, preacher, I don't have that problem. Well, you need to get that problem. Listen. If God's for us, what else matters? God of the universe, King of kings and Lord of lords, is for you. Yeah, but what about... And what about, but you know, i got good news. God's got all your butts covered. <laughs> Quotes. Every but God comes up. You've got to realize God's got every but that the devil can come up with covered. His promises are true, and yes and amen. Number six, we're almost done. Not really. The Spirit helps my weaknesses. Verse 26. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I want to say something to you. Oftentimes you say, well, how do I pray all the time? Just realize He's with you all the time. You're not praying up there. You're not praying out there. You're not praying back there. You're praying to one who is present tense almighty. You are in a conversation with one who is never going to leave you. You're in a conversation. Prayer is listening and talking. It's, it's you've got to understand that the Holy Spirit isn't going anywhere. In fact, His job is to make you what God has purposed for you. He knows how to help what you're not good at. When I don't feel like I have what it takes, I can rejoice, I can 
talk to Him about it, I can give thanks because the Holy Spirit of God helps my weaknesses. He comforts my hurts. He comes alongside when I'm weary. He's a friend when I feel alone. He will never leave me. I have present tense, all-powerful help. Rejoice. Give thanks. It's good for you. Number seven. God is working everything in my life for good. This is one you will know how to quote. And we know that God causes everything to work together for good, verse 28, of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. God is working everything in your life for good. All, the Greek word means all. Nothing left out. The good things... The bad things, the mediocre things, the things you're glad about, the things you wished would have never happened, the things that right now is driving you crazy. God is working in that thing. Everything. There's not a thing that will happen in your life that the goodness of our God will not transform into something eventually that brings about glory to Him and glory to you and good for Him and good for you. You may not see it, you may not feel it, or ever figure it out. But here's the truth of God. He's at work in it. Rejoice. Take joy in it. That I don't know what's happening. God, I don't know how this is going to work. Here's my hope. Here's my confidence. You're working. Yeah, I don't know, but you're working. And so I will know, because you who are doing it are going to finish it. Talk it over with him. Give him thanks. And number eight, golly, we finished these fast, didn't we? I need to just keep you here a little longer. Number eight, nothing can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing, no thing, no one, no body, nothing in present, nothing in past, nothing in future can keep you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Verse 38, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now I want to say something. Because when we hear the word love, for so many of us, it's just a word that's become a token statement. I love you. I love you. I love you. Well, I love you too. Well, I love you. Well, I love you too. It's just a token word that we just let fall off. I want you to know when this says this in the Scripture, this is not a token love. This is the very character of God. This is who He is, for God is love. It didn't say God has love. It says He is love. So to say that God loves you, His God is 
putting all of His character, all of His attributes, all of His uh, holiness and worthiness and truth into that statement. I love you and nothing will ever separate you from that love. Nothing. Not in the sky above, not in, that, not in the earth, not in hell. Nothing. Nothing in creation. Nothing can separate you from that love. It's God's character. It's His faithfulness. It's His word of honor backing it up. No matter what you do, God will love you. No matter what happens in your life, God is still for you. You can't outrun His love. You can't do something to cause Him to stop loving you because it didn't start with you. It started with Him. Yeah, there may be a lot of bad things going on in this world right now. But God is bigger and He's better than the worst thing in this world. And He loves you. And I have a Savior whose name is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. Somebody needs to get happy. Eight reasons... You can always rejoice. You can always pray. You can always give thanks. You just need to believe it. Why? Because it's God's will concerning you. It's God's will in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, I don't know about you, but every time I hear that word will, I always think that's a command. It's God's will. That's His demand. That's God's will. That's what He wants from you. But I want you to know the way that the word is used in this verse, that word will means it is God's loving desire for you to live in. This is God's desire for you. You'll always rejoice that you'll always be in communion with Him in prayer, that you'll always give thanks because He's going to be doing things that you can be thankful for. You can always, in all ways, rejoice and pray and give thanks because this is His loving desire for you. God wants you to live into the fullness of it. He has for you to live into the freshness of it. See, for to me today, this is fresh to me. I needed this. Even if you don't, I need this. I need to stir up in me that understanding that I have so much to be thankful for. I have so much to live in joy for. I have so much to talk to Him about and with and understand from His perspective, everything is right on time. Jeremiah 29.11, you know this. We read it every graduation of seniors. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. The message translation says this. God says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. You do realize, even though it's pulled out of context most of the time we use it, that Jeremiah 29, 11 was given in the context of restriction, restraint, captivity. 
they were in 70, they're going to be in it for 70 years. And here's what God says to them. I know the plans I have for you. Right in the middle of the captivity, he's telling them about his plans. He says, I'm going to give you a future you've hoped for. But God, what about now? I got that covered too. But right now, I want you to understand. Yeah, you're in captivity. Listen to me. You're not in in captivity to the Babylons. You're in captivity to me. You're in captivity to a promise. I know the plans I have for you. You see, folks, listen to me. It feels like we're in a captivity right now. Everything going every which way and everything's coming in on us. It feels like we're in a captivity. But here's what I want you to understand. Even when it feels like we're in captivity, we're being held to something greater than a pandemic, something greater than governmental restrictions. I'm being held captive by a promise. Philippians 1.6, our pastor's life verse. For I am confident of this very thing, and I love it in the New American Standard, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Your version may say complete it or finish it. I want you to know I love the word perfect it. He's going to perfect that work, that good work in you until the day of Jesus Christ. Well, so as far as I know, that day hadn't happened yet. Jesus hadn't come. He hadn't consummated everything. It hadn't all been done. So if He hadn't come, God's still working. God's still perfecting. God is still doing that work. And I love this. He will perfect in you the work He began when you trusted Him. He accepts full responsibility to complete what He started, not just till you die, but until the day You get what you were promised. He's doing it. And He ain't finished yet. Rejoice. If you know this, rejoice. If you know this, pray, praise, give thanks. Always. The key to mental health, give thanks. The key to emotional health, rejoice. Philippians says 4-4, I believe. Rejoice, and again I say rejoice. In other words, if you didn't get it the first time, do it again. Rejoice is the key to emotional health. And the key to spiritual health is pray. Come in a communion and a conversation with the Spirit that lives within you and walk with Him. Rejoice always. Pray always. No matter what happens, give thanks always. Let me ask you, have you come to this kind of confidence in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you know He's for you? Do you know your sins and your eternity is secure, forgiven, cleansed, the power has been broken? Do you know Him like that? If you don't, you can today. I think he wanted me to tell you all of this because he wanted me to remind you about who he is. And all you have to do is believe him and trust him. Say yes to him. I love the song we sang a while ago. We cried out of our desperation in the night. And he answered. Because he's here. Everything can change today. 
you can walk out of here rejoicing. You can walk out of here in a personal relationship that, that he's with you and you can talk to him at any moment, every day, all day long. And you can give him thanks for what he has done, for what he is doing, and what he's promised you. Father, thank you. And we have so much to rejoice and to be thankful for. Would you speak through our hearts right now? Would you just refresh us, encourage us, strengthen us, captivate us with your promise that you're going to do what you said. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Would you stand together with me? We have a ministry team that's available. They'll pray with you. Amanda's going to lead us in a closing hymn. We're just going to invite you, whether you go to somebody to pray for you or not, would you just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And what do you want me to say to you? And would you just allow Him to minister to you right now? Don't be in a hurry to get out. Just allow Him to minister to you. Take a deep breath. Receive. Let Him give you something that will always be available. In Jesus' name, we invite you to sing with us. goodness of God.
there's so much to be thankful for and rejoice for. I want to share a, a word and a, and a testimony. And if you look around the room, we've got quite a few young people in this room. You know, Pastor Darrell mentioned about the the anxiety, the depression, uh, the fear. You know, from those in that 11 to, to 17 category, and we've got a lot of. Uh, youth in, in this room right now, and I, I just want to speak to you guys right now. And I think everybody will will get something out of this, but this is specifically for you. Um, I want to share a little bit of my testimony. So I'm about to be 42 years old. For you guys in that 11 to 17 category, that's ancient. For a lot of the other people in this room, that's really young. But I remember being you know, in that 11 to 17 age range. And I remember the lies that the enemy told me. And he told me I was never going to grow up. I don't know if you have studied in history, but when I was a kid, we had the Cold War. And there was going to, there was always this nuclear threat hanging over us. And none of us were going to live to, to, to grow up. And, and Jesus was coming back tomorrow. And we just... It, that was what we were told, and that's what I believed. And I remember crying out to God, and I was saying, I'm never going to get to grow up. I'm never going to get to ma- be married. I'm not going to have kids. And those were the lies that the enemy was telling me. And I'm 42 years old, and I've been married over 20 years, and I have a 16-year-old daughter and a 14-year-old daughter. And those weren't the promises from God. They were lies from the enemy. And there is hope for you. And there's hope for you. And there's hope for you. And your hope is in Jesus Christ. And it is, it is today, and it always will be. And He has a plan for you. And He has a purpose for you. And everyone that's out of that category in this room, and I I, I see every age range in this room, and everyone who's saying that song a minute ago can tell you that God is always faithful. He's always good in every circumstance. He's good. In Job chapter 2, verse 10, I love the way the message says that he tells his wife, he says, are we only going to be thankful for the good days? Are we only going to be happy about the good days and not for the bad? But the truth is they're all good days because God is is with us and you can live your purpose and your calling and your dream if you follow him and if you rejoice and give thanks and pray and seek him in every circumstance dear heavenly father we thank you we thank you for pastor daryl we thank you for the man of God that he has been, Lord, that through all his days he has sought after you, Lord, and for the word that he shared this morning, Lord. And I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, by Jesus Christ who is indwelling in us, who have received you into our life, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will bring that word to life in our young people, to life in our middle-aged people, to life in our elderly, Lord, that we will live today for you. Today we will rejoice. Today we will give thanks. Today we will pray, Lord, for you are good and you are faithful, Lord, and we give you praise. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Give him praise one more time. He is so good. Well, before you go uh, and just we've got uh, one more minute because we don't have to pick up chairs today. So I've got just a couple of announcements I want to give you. 
um, if you look up at the screen, we had uh, the Thanksgiving outreach. Tammy's nursery group gathered 41 full Thanksgiving meals. Uh, and uh, yes, thank you. And then Candy's children's group had 60 full meals for a total of 101 meals. And Charlotte was sharing with me this morning that that was over half of the need uh, for the community that signed up for the meals. And we're adding the turkeys onto that. Uh, once again, the, the individual items that went above and beyond the whole meals, Tammy's group brought more of those again. So uh, once again, it was a split decision. But we're so thankful for each and every one of y'all's generosity. We gathered 101 meals, another over 100 individual items, and over 1,650 pounds of total food. That's three different trucks that were full of food. And uh, even inside the trucks, there was food because we couldn't fit it all in the back. Um, oh, and then I, I didn't mention the first service. So that group at the top is a group of youth that's part of Marissa Scull's uh, Wings of Eagles ministry. And they helped us take the 1,650 pounds of food from here to there. And they turned what would have been hours and hours of work for us into something that happened in, I don't know, it took 30 minutes. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. We're so thankful for them and the ministry that those do. And those kids were fantastic. There's hope. <laughs> There's hope in the next generation. Uh, just a couple other quick things. Uh, our streaming service is only for Facebook and YouTube is only going to be in this service going forward. Um, so we'll still be on YouTube, but it'll just be uh, both of them will go live uh, during this service. Also, our Spark ministry is going to be on break from now through uh, January 13th uh, for Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year, and all the holidays just to uh, give our, our volunteers a little break and, and give them some time with their family. And then also uh, your life group. There's a few life groups meeting during that time. Check with your life group leader if they're going to be continuing to meet. Uh, Common Grounds will continue to meet, but they are going to take off this Friday after Thanksgiving, and then they'll meet after that week. Uh, middle school and high school youth are going to meet tonight, um, and they'll continue to meet through throughout this time, but they are going to take next Sunday off, but they will be meeting tonight. Um, and then next Sunday uh, is our fifth Sunday. There's four of those a year, and uh, each one of those we have a family service, so there won't be children's ministry during uh, this service next Sunday. We're going to have an awesome time of praise and worship. I've heard a little bit about what we're going to be doing that service, and it is going to be fantastic. You don't want to miss it. Um, and again, we don't need to pick up chairs uh, today, but I just pray that you have a blessed Thanksgiving with your families and that in your circle this week you show God's love and that they see you uh, rejoicing and they see you giving thanks and they see you praying and seeking the Lord. God bless you and have a great week. Thank you for listening to this week's message. 